It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock in iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling. Welcome, fellow Uplanders, to another exciting episode of the UPX Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win, and as always, joined by Thank Me Later. How you doing tonight, Thank Me Later? Oh, I am pumped and jazzed, and I've got to listen to a theme song like 20 times today because you don't even know your own name, so it's it's a good day for me. Don't know my own name, can't speak on the intro. We got to do an outtakes uh, episode of just all the bloopers. So, Oh, yeah. Th- that was kind of nice when we didn't have an audience listening to us live and participating in the episodes where it would just be like, take, take again and... <laughs> no, it was horrible. It was just me being tortured by you not having <laughs> any composure. It was horrible. And ah. we have an audience to know who causes the most retakes. Of course, it's me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what more there is to that. But anyway, uh, this is the episode number two of the week due to uh, just a lot of stuff going on in Upland, and this will be focused all around the Spud Wars. But if you Find this as your first episode ever of What is Upland? Um, We'll tell you what it is right now, but we definitely suggest you go back and listen to previous episodes so you have a better clue. Yeah. Are you going to play Eden's Kiss? Honestly, this would be really confusing. If this is the episode that introduces you to Upland, oh boy. Uh, Yeah. Oh boy. It's a hot mess. Um, (laughs) But the game really... Upland, <laughs> Upland's really not a hot mess. It, it's it's a no. It's a fun mess, man. It's it's it, evolving every week, and the the dev team is super engaged with the community. I love it. it it's a DAP form metaverse. DAP form. DAP form metaverse. So it's it started out as a virtual property trading game, and it has continued to grow into what will be a platform of virtual property development based off of real world addresses where you'll be able to have real life businesses with the ability to sell properties and sell non-fungible tokens for fiat currency. So it will be a very interesting thing to be a part of. Um, If you get in now, it's going to be amazing. There is a link in the description of the podcast to get a 50% off of your first purchase of the in-game currency. And Think to yourself, as Thank Me Later always says, how much would you want to spend on this game in a month? And that's what you should go in for for your first purchase. Yeah, I think that that's a fair... But, I mean, to be fair, like, that's how I approach most mobile games. Of, like, ugh, I know I'm going to end up spending this over... Slowly drip this in over the next, like, couple weeks. Let me just drop a lump sum now so I can get ahead. Like, just to get, like, an advantage to start with. And so here it's, you know, so that way I can get some properties in some different areas. I can compete in the, um, you know, treasure hunts and future. It'll be, you know, I can get some spot or some spark and stuff like that. So I don't know, yeah. that's just my strategy. And again, with the, the big thing is Upland, as far as I know, um, has never done a UpEx promotion outside of the referral. What that means is like, if you're used to like, uh, you know, other um, app store games, there's usually like, hey, buy now and get bonus up X or bonus coin. 
doesn't happen here. Um, it's it's one dollar uh, for a thousand UPEX coins. That's pretty stable. Um, you know, the, the team has said that they're not looking to adjust that really anytime soon. So the only chance to get bonus UPEX is through this referral program, um, which is kind of cool. Now they have done some really cool NFTs where if you buy like a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars worth of UPEX, you get like a bonus NFT, which is actually pretty sweet when you think about it. Yeah, that that is actually pretty sweet. And uh, we do have a disclaimer here. All thoughts and opinions expressed here on the show are solely mine. Thank me later. T Davis, when he joins us with the New York Minute and any guests that we do have on this episode, Upland Me Incorporated does not support or endorse any of that. And if we offend you in any way, shapes, or form, that is not our intention. We have about PG-13 humor on here, and we're just two grown men that haven't got out of adolescence. True story. Very true story. So, now this is all about the sandbox coming up. So, what is the sandbox there? Thank me later. So it's sandbox wars. Like, let's be very clear. This well, is a war. Before we get into the war, war. Let, let's talk about what... Oh, you just want to talk about the general sandbox? Yeah, Today, so... I only care about the war. <laughs> I know, we only care about the war, war. but... <laughs> but let, let's talk about the sandbox and what it really means to upland and the upland metaverse, and then we'll get into the neighborhood war... <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. So actually the sandbox is, is super cool. There's a lot of um, theories on how it came about. Uh, essentially on uh, Upland's roadmap for 2020 was property development. And uh, so we're not seeing full uh, like permanent property development. What we got was a sandbox, which depending on who you talk to is an acceptable trade-off. Uh, I mean, the sandbox is essentially to mimic the mechanics of building on properties and staking um, essentially a new resource. So once full property development comes out, it'll be Spark. But for the sandbox, we'll be using Spud, which I think is so funny um, and clever. And so this will mimic the Spark functionality where you'll stake um, it. So imagine it's like a a building resource, just a builder, right? Um, That's the best way to, that I, I would think about it is like you get a number of builders and say it takes a, a house uh, 20 hours to build. So if you put one builder on it, if you put one spud on that building, um, it'll take 20 hours to complete. If you put two builders on it, it'll take 10 hours to complete. Um, and you'll continue to get efficiencies. We haven't seen it. I don't know if it's a, if it's a linear most games have an element of diminishing return. So you can't just put like 20 spud on it and it's done in an hour, but I guess, in theory, you could. I, I don't know that those mechanics have been fully revealed yet. Um, and that's something oh. that hasn't been discussed either is how much spud does each player get? You, you're going to have neighborhood champions for the competition that were coming up. They're getting a bonus select spud. But each player that was has uplander status when everything was announced is going to get spud. They haven't really announced the calculations behind it. Is it net worth? Is it net worth plus time in the game? Is it net worth time in the game plus properties or properties and net worth? Or there's a lot of factors there. I mean, I I really don't think that you'd... It's kind of interesting. You need 100 spud hours to do do an apartment house. I'd be interested to see if any player got 100 spud hours right out the bat and could churn out apartment houses in an hour. 
But even with that, you also got to think of the property size in itself too. But that's a that's a different conversation. But what are your thoughts of how they're going to? A dis- lot of there's a lot of factors. Distribute the spud. Yeah, I think based on the way that they've stated it, I think there'll be an element of how long. Like I don't know how much how well they have stored their data. So, for instance, do they know how long each player has been at each level, right? So if they did, like, for every month that you were at Uplander, you got X. For every month you're at Executive or whatever, you got X. I don't think it's going to be that complex. It might be. I, I mean, it, I think it, it's going to be, how long have you been in the game? Like, and then what level you're at now for total UpX net worth? That would be my guess. I, I don't imagine they're going to – other things are too – like UpX net worth is subjective as well, and there'll be quabbles over how real those numbers are and if there's inflation and all kinds of stuff like that. But um, things like number of properties, up squared, and then there's going to be, you know, are you counting everywhere? Are you just counting San Francisco? Like, and then how does that play into net worth? So, I mean, there's players that almost their entire net worth is in New York. Should they get the same spud allocation for San Francisco when they're primarily investing in a different city. There's so many questions around it. Um, and I suspect no matter what Upland chooses, there's going to be people that are unhappy because that's just the nature of the beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, e- even so last week they released the article about the neighborhood wars and the sandbox and the spud wars. And the building type was a trailer at that point in time. And a lot of the community had backlash about trailers and about it and they've changed it to cell towers um and can we just take a second because i mean i think the the upland team has probably gotten a lot of grief and i'll be honest i've been giving them some and we'll talk about it um a little bit with the champion stuff but like there's a perfect example i mean there was a significant uprising and i would say fairly universal where it was either a you were really you're like that's pretty on PC. Like we don't really like the concept of trailers to like the best was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. There was no one who's like trailers is amazing. Um, so like you, it was very clear. There was a heavy lean almost universally. Um, some of the other things are much more controversial um, and have split the community quite heavily. Uh, but the, the trailer thing I think was pretty much like, eh, like, I mean, to me, the trailer thing, I didn't look at it as a socioeconomic thing or a stereotypical thing. I, I mean, I did nine years in the Navy and three of them were recruiting and I went to some pretty nice trailer houses and pretty nice trailer parks. And I went to some apartment buildings, which is the, the top building type in this ed that was really section eight ghetto it was inner city and it, it was it was bad i mean it, it's facts that that uh, was the facts yeah, that know, i lived um but it, it was if you think about it upland started as a virtual property trading game that's how it was marketed at first before it evolved into the metaverse before it evolved into play earn and connect and you you just look at property values and you know nobody wants to live next to a rundown trailer park nobody i understand yeah, the game mechanics nobody wants to run like again it's not like the problem is that it's trailer it's not rundown trailer versus like normal trailer versus small house versus rundown small house and it's just the problem is like it's trailer which again to then implies like all trailers are, are, are useless or minus score like 
I get it. I'm not super offended by it. I don't, I wasn't like a huge fan of it and I could completely understand the perspective of like, yeah, building a trailer park shouldn't be a negative connotation. Now, yeah. And, cell and- towers though, fuck cell towers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, and this is a true story. We were actually, uh, my partner and I, we were shopping for houses last year, real houses. And, uh, one of the ones we looked at, she loved, she was absolutely obsessed with it. And in the backyard was a massive, massive 5G cell tower. Like it was clearly recently built. And like this, this house had been on the market forever. And I was like, there is 0% chance I'm moving into this house. Like no way. She was very upset. I, I still think, I mean, year later, it's still probably up for sale because that cell tower absolutely ruined the property value of that house or anything that could see it. So like for me, like, I think there was other suggestions like parking lots or um, like dumpsters or things like that. Yeah. Uh, So I'm happy. And again, massive kudos to the development team to hear that feedback and uh, you know, take action um, to convert it to cell towers very quickly. Yeah. So but I agree with you. Massive kudos there. So I did kind of jump the gun of getting into that discussion because, but I, I mean that, that that's been, if you're not on discord, I mean, it, it's been a hot topic for a while now. And, and that was the interesting thing that it wasn't a trailer park, but, and something that a lot of people we need to think about too, is the property sizes because the property sizes are going to be able to determine how big you can build on it. You know, every property will be able to fit a trailer, but every property is not going to be able to fit an apartment house on it. That's not a true statement though. There's no, cause I would say not every property will fit a trailer. Those, those tiny, if it's a tiny, cause we don't know the dimensions, right? Right. But if you have like a sub five up square property, I would be surprised if you could build anything on it. True. Now, a cell tower, though, could be as small as one up square. True. The The other fascinating thing about this is it's centered on your property. So I have a property in Dogpatch, one of the um, neighborhoods up for the, the wars, that's shaped like a V. It's super cool. However, I feel in the 90% likelihood I couldn't build anything on it because the center of that property isn't actually on the property. So weird shaped properties are also going to have a difficult time building. So if you have a large, say, L-shaped property, you might not be able to build anything on it or something very small because it's anchored to the center point of your property and you must have a a buffer around it. So I think that those are elements as well that – I don't think a lot of people have explored or, or taken into consideration on, on that either. Yeah, that, that's a very good point there too, is the shapes of the property. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So right now we have nine neighborhood champions in nine neighborhoods. Uh, the 10th one is up for uh, competition right now, most referrals in a three-day period. And you've made it pretty clear that you are trying to win that. And if you do win it, you're going to attack Ocean View as the place to be. Yeah. So just clarification on that. It's not most referrals. Um, it's anybody who gets three referrals over the next day gets to make a pitch to the Upland team on which neighborhood they gave a list of like seven available neighborhoods um, that 
that essentially you could pitch them to be the champion of, and then they will pick a winner from that. So it's by no means a lock. Um, if you can get three referrals and you want to pitch a champion, I highly encourage uh, you to do so. Um, I will be attempting to get three referrals over the next couple of days, and I will be pitching Ocean View, um, as I announced in Discord, um, as my city to champion. It has over 700 unique owners, which if you listen to uh, the podcast, the previous podcast, that's more unique users and owners than all of New York City. <laughs> so um, I think it's a very diverse community. I think it's going to uh, allow people who don't have properties in some of these more exclusive neighborhoods, shout out to Alamo Square, shout out to Dog Patch of like, you know, those are, those properties have 10x markups on those properties already. They're very exclusive. They're going to be hard to get into for the average person. Um, so yeah, and your pre-announcement on the Discord fan server uh, made a pretty <laughs> pretty good run on my uh, 5,000 uh, UpX properties before I even had a chance. I was at work when you announced it, and all of a sudden my phone's blowing up with all these uh, properties being purchased. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, my bad. And actually, I also, because uh, you are the, the second, well, you were the second most property holder. I don't know if you are anymore um, after that string in sales. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I think it's got a, a good cross representation of the community. Um, and again, it should be fun. And we'll get we'll get a little bit more into the philosophy on, on the, the wars here in a minute. Yeah, now you're making me look that up. If you're still, if you're still number two. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a lot of properties in the area, so I don't think yeah. it impacted me no, that much. No, I can't imagine. But, you know, as you're talking about it, I might get three referrals and make a pitch too. So it increases our chances of Ocean View. Oh, interesting. Oh, we could have a pitch off. I, I like that. I mean, that's, that's different for you because, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're usually a catcher. Oh, really? Wow. Let's see here. I have he's on, he's on a fantasy baseball league, you people. What is wrong with you? I have four he's kids. Sports fan <laughs> with the balls and the whatnot. All right. What were you saying? Yeah, I still have 96 properties in Ocean View. Um, Hodler has 45. That's, that's the next. Uh, but I do have the big park i love grabbing that big park there in ocean view yeah no i saw that i love it and i was thinking i mean i haven't talked to our um alamo square alum but i was kind of thinking ocean view would be a great sister neighborhood to alamo square since it does have like a big park a very similar feel but uh much more accessible i think um with the properties and availability and stuff so see we can partner up uh, maybe with with our as buddies yeah, and it's really going to come down to it once they release the spud. That that's really going to really develop neighborhood game plans at that point in time. Uh, we're we're going to break down each neighborhood here, but uh, before we get into all of that aspect, um, so that's not even getting into Armageddon. Like we're not even going to. I don't know. If, are you planning on touching on Armageddon at all? Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody's even thinking of Armageddon. I I mean right? that. That that's that could be viewed as. I don't know that we have any details about that, right? You, you just what have the blip here that? in the article. Other than it's 
every player for themselves and you can spend upex to speed up development and uh it's going to just be a free-for-all all players against all players and it will be how players build and develop their property so you have a spot advantage of properties like of course yeah. all yeah. of san francisco everything mm-hmm. yeah so that's how i read it is it'll be the same concept now keep in mind so there's a couple different phases of the sandbox right you're going to have two days of true sandbox so you're going to have your properly allocated spud um and then you can build whatever you want wherever you want um, and that way, I think it's, you know, to just get the mechanics and make sure that everything's smooth. After 48 hours, that's when the sandbox war starts. So that's when spud war starts. And that's two rounds. So that's a two-week period. And then after that, all the houses, so in between each each thing, and I don't know, it, it might even be between each round, all of the buildings get destroyed. Yeah, um, so you have round one where the 10 neighborhoods compete against each other for one week. And after that, the top three neighborhoods compete in week number two and all buildings are destroyed and you start over again. Yeah. So that's going to be really interesting because it was noted in the, in the pre pre, the pre pre show um, that there's a lot of duplication over, um, you know, some of these top players uh, in these neighborhoods. So you're going to start with 10 neighborhoods all trying to compete for one of these three spots. At that point, the champion of a previously knocked out, um, you know, neighborhood now becomes viable to help, you know, one of the three remaining ones. So it's going to be a really interesting transition to see how it goes from the 10 all competing for three spots and then which three it is and then how alliances shift, right? Because then at that point, you know, you, you need to reestablish yourself and try and figure out, okay, well, which of these three neighborhoods do I want to win out of these if my original neighborhood doesn't make the cut? So I think that that's going to be a really fun um, uh aspect as well and then armageddon's literally just going to be everybody building um for themselves and uh you know hiding trying to sneak in an apartment off in a uh you know a, a far distant land so that so you know somebody doesn't build a cell tower right next to it um it's going to be really interesting um you know because they're going to have spies i mean it's a big city i don't know how much time you've anyone spent like just like scrolling around san francisco but like if depending on how they show the properties being developed like it could take like some sort of like hey thank me later is building a property over here <laughs> who's and then reaching out to the neighbors and saying hey go build go build a cell tower buying the property and building so oh it's going to be literally Armageddon. It's going to be super fun. And we'll get into all the different concepts, strategies, and theories behind this here very shortly. And think about it. There's 168 hours in each week. And we're talking about spot hours. And an apartment complex, or apartment house takes 100 spot hours for one spot. So if you if you stake one spot, you have 100 uh, spot hours there. So... I mean, that only leaves you with 68 hours left in the week if you were only stuck with one spud. So the amount of spud that's out there, the size of your properties and what you can build on, and then the strategies, because a cell tower will take 20 spud hours. So if you have, it's going to be very interesting. And they haven't released those details yet. So, yeah. And the amount of spud is going to be a huge factor in this and like how it's distributed among uh, both the champions who get two X spud. Um, and then, um, 
you know, I think there's also the way that they were saying it, that they will get to essentially knight some mini champions as well. And they yeah. haven't released any details on that. They That'll will get, be like, the 1.5 X. They'll be able to allocate additional spot to several other players. Yeah. So again, they haven't announced the details on that, but like, that would be pretty cool. It depends though, because this is where it gets tricky. Is it going to be the same restrictions? So one of the interesting factors is as a champion, you can only build in your neighborhood um, except for uh, the cell towers, which you can build anywhere, but you can only build positive buildings in your neighborhood. So it's really cool. The brothers, Jun Jun and Z Hidalgo actually are both champions. Right. So like they're competing essentially against themselves. Now I would imagine if only one of the two makes it to the top three and maybe they strategize that way to be like, Hey, you know, help we'll consolidate forces um, to get to the top three on one of them. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of strategy there. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, super cool to see, you know, how that's going to play out with the, the champion aspect. And you do have uh, three junior champions awarded and they get 1.5 X boost to the amount of spud they would otherwise receive. Um, and they're not locked to a neighborhood. No, they're not locked to a neighborhood. So, I mean, those are some terrific free agents. Do we have the names on them? Well, it's crazy Houston, H-Bone, and then the third is in Alcatraz. I know that their name was uh, <laughs> removed from the list, and I don't know that they ever announced – I don't think they've announced that yet, who that who that is. Um, nice. So that's, uh, that's going to be interesting to find out. I know that it has been asked as an AMA question, so hopefully we'll get that answer tomorrow. Yeah, which is going to be Friday tomorrow. Yeah. Or- so you're probably today if you're listening to it live now, but we have the, yeah. so, so an overview and then uh, I'm going to run off on the game theory, but right now, first round one is going to be, um, battle Royale. That's the 10 neighborhoods against each other. The top three scoring neighborhoods will move on to compete in round two. Round two is the top three neighborhoods from the previous round will compete for a grand prize that will greatly boost their neighborhood which we did find out is basically having 10 houses developed in your neighborhood. And this goes well, it's in a trophy. So it's I mean, a trophy let's be specific of what it is. You get a spud trophy, which I would imagine it'll be very similar to the executives can have a, like an item built. Um, I don't know that it'll have the same impact as this particular spud trophy, but they said the points will essentially be equivalent to 10 players declaring their home of that neighborhood, which, you know, depending on how you look at it is, is this significant boost? Um, we don't have the numbers on how much uh, staking a house is your home because each player can only have one home. Um, how much that actually boosts the neighborhood points. Think of it. Anybody play animal crossing? Um, the, the way that the neighborhood works like is you essentially get beautification points and the more points you accumulate, uh, the higher your score. And then at a certain point you become a community collection with a base multiplier, presumably of like 1.1 X. But then as you accumulate more points, you can essentially hit new thresholds that will increase your, um, your, uh, multiplier. They haven't said what the max is. There's speculation on will it go all the way up to three X. That would be pretty insane. Um, I would say my safe guess would be that it maxes out at two X, which is still, you know, uh, essentially creating a new red level um, collection, which would be huge 
for for these. But that's a long way out. This yeah. is not going to be enough points to essentially, you know, boost you in crazy amount. But it's a nice, nice half, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be a fun looking trophy because all the animations, are like all the the promos of Spud. They look pretty fun. Like it's going to be a fun trophy to have in your neighborhood. So yeah, and you can build more than one property at a time, and, but it just depends on how much spud you have. But you can only construct buildings on your own property, and you can't stake on other people's uh, projects. There, you can build cell towers, small townhouses, ranch houses, townhouses, apartment houses, and that's based off of spud hours and size of your property. Now, the winning challenge, here, here's the important part here, though, is how you play this mini game inside of the Upland Metaverse. So each building has a uh, number of points associated with it. A cell tower is going to be worth negative one points, or if it has a close enough radius to another building, it will negate that building's points. Then you have the small townhouse at four points, ranch house at six, townhouse at 15, and apartment house at 40. So you'll have to look at what you can really build. Somebody, say Alamo Square, Kenny's got 52 properties in there. He'd be better off, depending on his spud, building small townhouses or ranch houses on his multiple properties versus somebody that has larger properties and smaller areas trying to go after an apartment house if they have enough spud and you only have 168 hours to compete on this now so what's the spud or what's the points per hour so i i haven't done the math on this because i'm curious has anyone done the math can they put it in chat like what's your points per hour on the house the ranch the town and the apartment because like what you get uh 0.4 points per hour with an apartment where did you see the points per hour i missed that aspect i just saw points because because essentially this is how long it takes to build right your your spud hours this so it's going to take you 100 hours to build this with one spud so if you had 10 spud spud, it would take you 10 hours knows the answer apartment house is the best in terms of points per spud hour so it, it likely increases from small townhouse and, and, and goes up in the yeah so in all reality your best bet is to build as many apartment houses as you can but However, you'll need the property size well, property size and the fact that it's a hundred so again if you had five spud let's say you're given five spud like you could build one every 20 hours um but then that also that's a big it. risk. You have to be dang sure that that apartment complex is not within um, a radius that somebody could build a cell tower. Cause that's a lot of hours sunk in to then somebody spend 20 hours to then negate it. So there's going to be a strategy of like, not only can you build, cause obviously if there was no cell tower, the best thing is to just build as many apartment houses as you can fit in, figure out your spud, figure out your, your things. And it would be, would you just give it to Jabra and do the math to then just go, okay, who wins, who does the optimize? You just do it. But it's the, can you sneak in an apartment complex and not have somebody build a cell tower or do some of these other crazy things that I didn't even think of. Um, and <laughs> so, I consider myself a pretty savvy gamer, but whew, there are some sharks out there in the Upland metaverse for sure. Yeah. And we'll, we'll jump into that here, but let's, uh, 
there there was a hot controversy, you know, with with the trailers themselves, and then even now transitioning to cell towers. And, and the previous episode, the pre-show was very heated, and and the discord has been very heated about it. So. I do a lot of daily fantasy sports with uh, football. I used to do basketball, but for some reason I keep having kids, and uh, that takes up a lot of my time. Uh, hey, don't forget uh, that, that baseball. Remember your catcher. Yeah, and, and then baseball, because the catchers are the secret to fantasy baseball. Um, Not really. Anyway. <laughs> uh Game theory. Game theory plays a lot in a, a lot of things. You can apply it to a lot of different games. You can even apply it to real life. And in the most basic form, it's a study of mathematical models, a strategic interaction among rational decision makers. So there's a book called Game Theory and Psychology by Andrew M. Coleman and Eva M. Krakow, and it describes it as a branch of decision theory focusing on interaction decisions applicable wherever the actions of two or more decision makers jointly determine an outcome that affects all of them. So basically, if we broke it down to rock, paper, scissors, and talked about game theory in rock, paper, scissors, you want to form your strategy against your opponent. Now, if they are not throwing... Um, so you have rock, papers, and scissors for your outcome. So that's 33% each. Now, if you notice that your opponent always, his first throw or her first throw is always rock, you would never lead with rock. You would always go with paper. And if you were to pick up on the fact that your opponent never throws paper, but uses, utilizes rock and scissors equally 50%, I mean, your best chance is to throw rock 100% of the time because you can only win or tie. I mean, it, it, it's pretty pretty easy there. So that's where game theory goes. So you have to look at the um, rules of the game that you're playing. So we got a mini game going on here. And there's three styles of game theory that you can that you can play here. And the three series, three types of game theory is non-cooperative game theory, asymmetric game theory, and non-zero-sum game theory. So if you break each one down there, um, you look at the non... Hold on, I lost Wait, my Wait, isn't the non-zero game theory, isn't that the one where all the computers end up destroying the Earth? <laughs> Because they apply that logic, and then it's like, actually, humans are what's wrong. We're going to kill you all. Uh, no. <laughs> no? Okay. Um, so, basically, you're looking at, um, as game theory, you're looking at deciding how to act to achieve a desirable objective, taking into account how others will act, and the fact that they were also reasoned strategically. So we got it there. You already said that you're a very strategic player, and some of the things that you've heard already leading up to this, you're like, wow, didn't even think of that. Um, now, you got to look at it is right now, everybody knows all the rules. 
and on non-cooperative game theory, it's predicting the player's actions and payoffs through analyzing uh, Nash equilibria. And they use that a lot in uh, poker, and it's basically the optimal game theory, and it's playing a perfect hand of poker. I know we have a wonderful poker tournament going on on December 18th with uh, Nitrin and his crew there, and you can win uh, 50,000 upex, so that will be Ooh, pretty... hot plug, hot plug. Oh, yeah, got to gotta hot plug that. Um, <laughs> and... You know, every player assumes to know the strategies of the other players, and no player has anything to gain by changing their strategy. Um, it's a decision-making decision matrix. Get tongue-tied from time to time. And you're trying to be unexploitable. So this is going to be a teamwork to figure out how you're unexploitable. We're going to break down the neighborhoods here and then figure out who's the biggest uh, wild card in play. And... It's basically we have, we're playing the same game by the same rules, but we don't know what decisions the other players will make. So you have that along with uh, looking at the theory of rock, paper, scissors. You have people right now saying that they're not going to build cell towers because they feel that it's negative. It's a temporary thing. The cell towers are temporary. It's part of a mini game inside the metaverse of Upland. So, you've just gave a lot of people what we call a plus EV. So, you have an advantage now over these other neighborhoods with people saying that they're not going to plant cell towers in other people's neighborhoods. So, you just gave an advantage. You're a person that's just throwing um, rock or scissors. I mean, rock or paper. Uh, No, I'm sorry, rock or scissors, because that's the tie or the win. Uh, You just gave a great advantage to everybody else by not implementing cell towers in a mini game right here. It has no permanent effect on property value. This war in itself has a great effect on property value of people buying secondary markets, buying unminted properties in it. But these buildings and everything we do in this mini event... It's not permanent. It's not going to bring down your value. It's not going to bring down your investment, especially the people that are here for three to five years looking at the long-term growth, looking at the business development, um, taking this very serious. There's a lot of us out here that have a lot of money invested. Yes, invested in a game where you can get money back. And in the future, you'll be able to buy and trade sweatshirts and cards and Nike shoes and all kinds of amazing stuff. So we got to look at it from the game theory standpoint. You're putting yourself and your neighborhood at a disadvantage if you're not using uh, the same game, the same rules, and not thinking what other players will do. And that kind of leads into the asymmetric game theory, and that basically is, is that all players are not identical, and they can vary. And, and so you, you got to account for these players that are not looking to utilize all the rules and well i think that this would be these i have and i I won't say his name but i'm the oldest of three boys and my middle brother we call it the uh i'll just say the x factor we use his name we call it the x factor we're like Normal game theory would say you pick a neighborhood, you build positive buildings there, and then you build cell towers everywhere else. To me, this sounds like somebody who, A, just builds cell towers everywhere, seemingly for nothing, or 
builds positive buildings everywhere. Like they don't align or they like start one way and shift to another. Like it's, you can't tell they're kind of a wild card. Like, what are you doing? Like I should be able to predict your actions, but you're not really following the right model. <laughs> like, right. Is that what that is? Yeah. You're like, wait, wait, you just built an, an apartment complex in a neighborhood we're trying to beat. And you're like, yeah, but I wanted an apartment complex there. Why? Well, cause I like that house and I want it. They're like, no, no. Like this doesn't make any sense. Like, and then, and then they build a cell tower next to it. And they're like, wait, you just canceled your own building, but they weren't getting good reception. I'm going to kill myself. Like, I'm done with this. <laughs> like, like that's my middle brother. That's the nonsense he would do. He's like, I want it to be nice. And then they can have cell reception. Like you, that cancels your buildings. You're dumb. Like, but I like it. So, so the big picture here, it, is that we have the non-cooperative game theory for neighborhoods. Usually this is versus for an individual player, but now this is incorporating a whole neighborhood, which I find very interesting, and I'm excited to see how this plays out. And now I'm seeing that you're going to have a plus expected value because some people in some neighborhoods are saying that they're refusing to play by the rules that are laid out in front of you. And I, I mean, it's just like, a few months ago, we were all upset about landmarks and how that was rolled out. And it's been hot and contentious right now about the cell towers, but it's not going to impact your overall community. If you are a strong leader in your neighborhood and you have a strong plan to develop it, having this trophy and having that just be 10 buildings you got a head start. That's all there really is other than the bragging rights of haha, We won the neighborhood war. I, I other than it, it, it's don't get upset when somebody builds a cell tower and you can be offensive or defensive to this of when you build your cell towers, you can build properties and destroy properties. It, it, there's so many variables to this game and it's amazing and it's fun and we just need to embrace it and have fun fun with it is it's it's looking at the mechanisms of property development being able to transform spud into spark in the way that we're going to build our properties here in the future along with a little competitive edge and talking about these neighborhoods and working them towards neighborhood collections so it's going to be fun let's just all play by the same rules in the same game and it's not going to impact the overall aspect of your property value. Uh, all 10 neighborhoods are going to have an increase in their baseline to enter that neighborhood. I was trying to scramble while I was at work to change my baseline in ocean view, <laughs> just because of TML's announcement and somebody's sitting there just snatching up all my five, uh, five K upex properties. Yeah. I mean, we saw panhandle sell out in hours it in hours. Insane. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion, which we didn't get into that. Well, the insider trading nonsense, but we'll stick to the game theory. So it's interesting. So in your, in your opinion, how many of these people that are like, nope, we're not going to use towers. We're not going to use towers. Once the game starts and they realize it, or maybe after the AMA or whatever, do you really think, and I mean, it's possible, but like, do you think that there will be people who just refuse? Now, well, you know what? Let me let me just interrupt you there because you have one of those people on the call here, um, and I appreciate everything that Too Stupid just laid out with his um, his statements, but they were just his opinion as far as what the long term 
effects might be because none of us can see the future. And what we were told on the 19th of November by Block Unchained was they will have a notable long-term advantage winning that trophy. And that's what the community responded to. Now, whether they pulled that back after the upsetness of the community is, uh, we don't know that because we don't know what was in his mind on the 19th when he said that, but it was stated that it would be a notable advantage for the long term. Yeah, now, so, so T. As, Davis, so let's say it is. The, the Spud Trophy, to me, is a notable advantage. It's literally the first points towards a neighborhood. It's a massive kudos. I would brag the yeah. hell out of it. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really great boost. I, I think, like, let's say, let's just say the baseline for every, every um, community that's in there goes up 10%. I think the winner goes up 30, 40%, who knows? I would say, especially in the short term, I think it starts to peter out long term. I think if you capitalize on the fact that you're the trophy winner, you boost your properties. Um, I mean, it's cool until like the points become, you know, 10 X what they are now. And then it will diminish a little bit, I think very long term, but in the short term for sure. But how does, cause this is what I haven't understood. How does building cell towers? Cause the goal, the only thing that really matters is that trophy at the end. How does building cell towers on a property negatively impact the value of that property? It, it doesn't. I don't know that anybody has said that that it, it negatively impacted anything to do with the properties. I feel like the entire sentiment has always been damaging the relationships in the community. And I can cite the Halloween event where we had the ghost block explorer and we had the event over that where we all were supposed to be working together to solve the one of the 20 clues. And then (laughs) once they started getting close, the, we had, you know, Upland PMs privately messaging, you know, players telling them to lie to the community. And then we started seeing in the official Upland discord players lying to new players coming in, looking for help. And I'm telling you straight up that did not sit well with a lot of people of the community that I've spoken to. And so we're seeing now that played out again. I don't know if the the founders had bad childhoods with their holidays, but it just seems like (laughs) what is going on with every holiday where it has to be this negative, you know, thing that they have moved into it. And that's, that's what I look at. I, I understand everything that you guys said about the game theory and all of that. If somebody is going to take it personally, that I am going to mess with their, their money. Cause let's also not forget that, that this is a game, but there's real money in and real money out. And anytime you bring money into the picture, you're also bringing in emotions. And I think we saw that pretty clearly in the pre-show that this is, it gets emotional when you're dealing with money. And so I don't want somebody to feel a certain way because I put them at a disadvantage that could potentially cost them money. And that's what we are. That's the very root of it is that I might be effing with your money if I do this and I don't want to do that. But if you don't do it, then you're effing with your money and your fellow teammates money. So I, like you were with the panhandle thing. I'm upset with 
uplands out of touchness with the community, not being able to feel the pulse, not knowing that that there was that resentment over the Halloween event. And it's not their fault because with the Halloween event because they didn't ask for feedback on that. And I guarantee you if they did, they would have gotten a lot of negative feedback about the Ghost Explorer. But oh, the trick-or-treat thing? That shit was fun. <laughs> to, yes, to you because you won. And you – For the you know, record, so I. for the record, a couple things on that because actually you're right. We never really talked about it. It just kind of glossed over. A, I gave the correct answer first and never deleted it. B, anybody who private messaged me on what the right answer was, I gave them the right answer. So if all you did was hop into Discord, see one message, and then say that that's it without doing any investigation. So, mm. When you posted the first answer, though, you didn't know that, that it was the right answer, and you thought you were guessing, or you thought you were giving misinformation. So that's an important part that you don't want to leave out. But it was so, the right answer. It, there you go. Yes, you were right. You <laughs> gave out misinformation that turned out to be accurate. You're right. That did happen. Yes. Yeah. So, and anyone who messaged me got the right answer 100 with 100% like no jokes. Like if you messaged me and were like, Hey, is that really the answer? I was like, no, this is the right answer. Here it is. Here's the link. It's, this is the right answer. Right. And so, at first the video at the end told you who did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, I'm sorry. Like it was trick or treat. Like, and if you weren't, if all you did was look at one or two messages and then make your call and you didn't investigate at all, like, I, I don't know. Like, well, I'm like sorry. others have said, I don't feel like this community is big enough or strong enough or it's just, it's just not time for that. Like I've heard references made to this Spud Wars event, like equating it to Fortnite. So when I snipe somebody in Fortnite and then run over and dance over their dead body, they're just a username to me. I don't know who that is. You know, there's people in Upland who I, you know, they have my cell phone number. I talk to them on the phone. I know their real first name. I, I just, it's, it's mind boggling yeah. to me. But this like, is, and this okay, is so, holiday. What, what, if, what, what, what is done so all, far? What if we all joined a Fortnite game and like I shot you in the head and danced on your body? Like, it we, would be we fun. wouldn't be friends. Just like, don't teabag them. Okay, so how would. is this any different than that? This is a Fortnite game I with friends. That. Now, like, what this has done already, though, there's money in and money out, and it, then you should want potential. to use everything to your advantage. If, I mean, if you're really worried about them, we're not going to see eye to eye on that. That's and, true. And, that's and I appreciate that's that. And, and I appreciate you giving your perspective. So, yeah. you know, in all fairness, like T. Davis, thank you. Like the community is made up of diverse, and honestly, you're probably the most calm, rational person to talk. You and Too Stupid, I think, represent the calm and rational sides of this argument. <laughs> to be fair, like, and and I do appreciate you sharing that because, you know, it's not um, it's not a unique sentiment. There's definitely people who have shared it, and there's definitely people who are passionate on both sides, um, and we are a community, like. I'm not going to not be friends with somebody if they do or don't build cell towers. Like that's just me. Like other people have different views like T Davis. I hope you won't be offended if I build a cell tower um, against you. If your neighborhood is taking a lead and I have the opportunity to do so to help my neighborhood win. Uh, no, I, I mean, Here, no, here's I the ultimate. Do, it's never been about what I personally feel. It just, it, no, of course I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that, but that's to me, that's what the relationship is. We've built a big enough connection. Like 
that a we can have differing opinions and b in a game like this if i was to build cell towers every time you built a now granted okay am i trolling you am i literally just building cell towers everywhere you build a property like am i griefing you right. like because you would do that and i were to get upset about it i mean that would be would you continue to oh, okay yeah like that would like again like that's like Again, griefing, like, okay, stop it. Like, it's not fun anymore. You're literally just buying up the property and then building a cell tower, like, and griefing me. Like, there's different game plays inside of that to be like, okay, I understand you strategically did that because I built an apartment right next to your property. And, of course, you're going to, you know, negate it versus literally I'm building houses and you're just building cell towers just to be a troll. Like. But the ultimate troll conflict and division, and we did not need this in December after the year that we just had. <laughs> this was just poorly executed. I'm sorry. Now, now I, here's I the ultimate troll. Fun with it, man. I was so excited about the wars and the strategy, and like, yeah. oh, like. Now here's the ultimate troll: is you go ahead and run right out there on the offensive and build cell towers on every property you have in every community, other than the one that you're backing. And then uh-huh. as the days go by, you start deleting your cell towers. Boop, 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 boop. And then <laughs> you build buildings, but then at the end, you go ahead and start deleting your buildings before the time expires. That's the ultimate troll right there. Well, that's asynchronous, right? That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the like, what are you doing with your life? And how do you have this much spud? I'm very confused. Yeah, but it's, you got to use what's available to you. So let, let's break down some of the... Uh, neighborhoods here so the neighborhoods that we do have for and that's the other thing right there's nine neighborhoods and there are great neighborhoods like only one can win that does not mean the other eight will cease to exist first week three like, can win huh first week three can move yeah, on to the second can round go to the finals but right. at the end only one's getting a trophy right right so but again that doesn't make the other ones useless because like i'm gonna be happy no. For everyone except for Panhandle. Like, as long as Panhandle... I'll go on the record. As long as Panhandle doesn't win, I'm happy for literally anybody else to win. And that's not just because I don't own a single property in Panhandle, although that's a fact. But, so, right now, the nine neighborhoods, you have uh, Nietzsche with Dog Patch. Nice to meet you with Panhandle. And... uh, Boo. He he picked a unminted <laughs> property, and if you were watching the blockchain, you saw a mad rush to it, so you had to get in to fit in. Uh, June June is going to be Mercer Manor. Kenny is the champion of Alamo Square. Kent is the champion of Chinatown. Tobias is Telegraph Hill. Z Hidalgo is Downtown slash Union Square. Jim Juice has Little Hollywood, and TM has VV. And all of the channels are in, I've moved them into a special folder called Spud Wars on the, uh, or Sandbox Wars, sorry, I probably should change to Spud Wars, um, into, uh, on the fan server. So they're all there, so that way you can see the neighborhoods and uh, communicate. Uh, I think most of the, the bigger neighborhoods also have private chats. So check with your champion yeah. to oh, see what their strategy is. I did miss a question by Butter. And you are not going to be able to build multiple buildings on a large enough property. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, and I'm interested to see if they ever roll out trailer parks 
to see if you can actually build a trailer park because this is virtual property and they exist in the real world. But right now, I don't see you being able to build virtual properties on a large enough property. And that was just to respond to Butter. He asked that a little bit ago. Yeah, yeah. It's a single property um, anchored to the center point. You can pivot which way it looks. So that might be, there might be somewhere you can fit it at certain angles and not. Um, in the future, they've said that that will not be anchored to the center, but they're still, I think they're still working out the mechanics of, of the, the engine for that. So it's just the simple engine for now. So now I want to break down really quick the neighborhoods. I mean, e- even with this, we've, <laughs> we've already pushed 56 minutes already, which is amazing. So yeah, Alamo Square, you have uh, 315 properties. So they're at a disadvantage just off of the amount of properties they have. Uh, Kenny is the champion of that neighborhood. He has 51 properties in it. Uh, then Choyna has 26. Thank me later, 24. Myself, 19. Uh, then you have the Turbo, Dizzy, Crypt, Crazy Crypto, Prospect Go, Loki, and June June with a rounding out the top 10 on that. Now we move on to um, to Dog Patch, and Nietzsche has the most at 27. Sunstar, noise to meet you. Ashkara, I always mess up her name. Aminu. Gale, 45 up. Kent, Z Hidalgo, US try, or USD try, and uh, thank me later, rounding out the top 10 with. Yeah, so again, I mean, I think you're starting to see some trends and some repeating names. So it's, again, keep in mind a big factor of this a champion can only build in their own neighborhood. So anywhere where you see a champion's name in another neighborhood is really the only opportunity is negative points. They, they cannot add positive points to your neighborhood. Yeah. So that, uh, I think that plays a really interesting point. So downtown Union Square, Z Hidalgo is the champion. He has 23 properties. Hodler has 15. Now Wata Kent, FB 1973. Nietzsche in, Sunstar, Crazy Crypto, and uh, Pluski uh, round out the top 10 there in dog patch um and then we move on to vv uh tm has 1755 and and that's going to be tm's challenge he's just not going to have enough spud to develop he's just have to go with the lowest thing that he can develop and see how many he can develop in the 168 hours available to him there but uh then uh thank me later at 39 mjc bj b jammer boy mesk in usage, Jones, myself, Jake, and Wicked Bomber there in BV. Yeah, so that's the other interesting thing about these cell towers. Like, I mean, I think it's interesting. A lot of the people that have um, strong opinions uh, probably won't have the opportunity to even build cell towers because I think it's still more like it makes more sense to try and build your neighborhood up as much as possible. So I think most of the champions are going to be fully utilizing their um, spud for their own neighborhoods as much as possible. So it's going to be interesting to see if cell towers do get deployed, or I'll say when they get deployed, yeah. who's actually deploying them. Um, and, I think you the know, spot allotments are going to be a lot lower than what we're anticipating. I, I, I do. I think they're going to be surprisingly low for the average user. What do you, what do you think average, and then what do you think like top numbers are going to be? So 
Well, so here's I, I, I feel like it's going to be fractional. So you'll be able oh, to have Oh, really? Well, Ooh, that would be the, interesting. The, the tier two gets – it's not impossible. It's just probable because if you're giving 1. out 5. one and a half, right, it just makes sense that you would have fractions. Uh, but just to make it easier to yeah. distribute – and I just looking at the apartment houses and how valuable they are and how long they take, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the average user would have to make a very calculated choice with should they build an apartment house because by the time it's finished, there might be a a cell tower next to it and too late to do anything about it. I, you know, and so that's where you use your community. For the average user, is that would be shockingly low and I, I just don't see that out of the realm of possibility for your for your average that they they only get one and enough to to make those tough decisions. Otherwise, they have to go with a smaller building and stake, wait twenty hours, which would be a day, and then stake another one and, and build slowly. If that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. One. And that's, and that's where you have five, to. But I mean, I guess that's probably too much. And that's where you have to figure out, do I, what do you build on the property? Because where are other people owning? What can you use as buffers of other players to put that in? And it, there's a lot of probability to it. So it's going to take coordination and teamwork on this. I think the 48 hours head start, like that 48 hours, people aren't, I don't, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it, but like, if you're not, if you don't have a game plan during that 48 hours, like, Hey, right now, if you're a champion, I would expect that you already have a property map um, of your property. You have alignments on like who owns where. Um, you know, kind of okay. Well, where are other champions? So I'm I'm speaking. Um, you know, I guess I'm not spilling too many secrets, but like Alamo Square has a map of of their you know neighborhood, and they go, okay, here's the the champions the our competitive champions have properties here so strategically we need to be careful about building close to those because um again those can never be positive they can only be negative uh and then who owns where and then trying to get in contact with uh you know the members of that community to find out um you know their level of dedication and then on the day of the, the 48 hours i would expect there needs to be some sort of coordination of okay how much spud did you get because I can't imagine that that's going to be publicly known. Um, and then making oh, sure. Well, that's what, interesting. Not just that you say that. Is, is it a token? Is it going to be on the chain or is it strictly in game? That's super interesting that you said that. I didn't think of that till now. Can our oh, API people be, be able chain, to rip that? Is on the chain. Yeah. yeah Ooh. I didn't think of that until you just said it right now. It's so interesting. Let's, Okay, you let, heard it. You the number crackers. <laughs> be you ready as soon as it launches. We let us that, know. We need that inside scoop. Yeah, we still got five more neighborhoods to run through here really quick. So we're oh, in, sorry, go ahead. we're in a little Italy with Jim Juice as the uh, champion, and he Hollywood. still has his uh, a little Hollywood. Oh, little Hollywood. Hollywood. Sorry, <laughs> T T was talking, and my mind goes to little. Italy. <laughs> and then Jim Juice still has his ghost going on from Halloween. <laughs> at least on upx dot so all these numbers are coming from upx dot world so you got the right answer uh, so he he's got the most <laughs> he's got the most properties uh then Adderley Sunstar Highlander myself thank me later bloodless Michael not Michael D Michael seven nine three eight Dairy <laughs> TV and B Dag they round out the top ten uh we move on 
here to Mercer Manor, which is interesting. And uh, Nitrin is the top property owner here also. Uh, but your uh, champion is Junjun. So. Yeah, interesting choice by Junjun. Quite quite shocking. Um, don't entirely know what the strategy there was yet. Junjun um, owns 35 properties. Nitrin has 108. Ryan Loy, 96, has 77. Jim Juice has 57. Thank Me Later has 41. I have 37. Recurrier has 36. June June has 35. The Turbo and Coca-Cola. Recurrier is saying he had a lot more a little bit ago. He didn't just like get the boost and then sell his properties, did he? I I know he was he's been selling them off. Oh, you had a lot less. Yeah. And then uh we move into Chinatown, and uh, Kent is the champion. He has the most properties. John Doe, who I haven't seen in a very long time. Right. Hodler, Brett Gerber, Rover, Hilton, Tumanalate, <laughs> Tumanalate, whatever his name is. Oliver, thank me later, and Zeus, 1981, round out the top 10 there in uh, Chinatown. Uh, over to uh, Tobias is the champion here for uh, Telegraph Hill. So, Brett Gerber is second, Sunstar, the Turbo, Kaiser 12, Ryan Miano, Wallabella, Z Hidalgo, Bloodless, and R Land 8, round out the top 10 there. A lot of OGs in there. A yeah, lot of, a lot of lot of OGs in that one. And then uh, we move on to the Panhandle, which uh, Noise Demetrio was the champion on. You got Meechin with ninety three properties, MG with eighty six, The Lou Daddy sixty three, Z Hidalgo with forty five, Noise Demetrio with forty one, The Turbo Dizzy, Exavier, June June, and Sunkiss Green which is uh, Noyce's brother. Yeah, so it's interesting here. Uh, uh, we, won't, we won't do Panhandle. <laughs> I won't. I'll let it go. And they had some but, insider yeah. information. And, yeah. So Mercer Manor, Neutron is... Uh, I pulled that one Wait, up twice. Mercer Manor? Yeah, I pulled that one up just twice. Slipping. <laughs> and then I pulled up Ocean View just for fun. Yeah. No, I mean, I, again, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not saying go buy a bunch of properties or go sell a bunch of properties in Ocean View, but, you know, if I win, I'll be pitching Ocean View. Um, as you can see here, there's 756 unique owners. Um, it has 2,000 plus properties. I think the lowest for sale, at least earlier today, was like 4,500 bucks. I so, still have 5K know, properties out there. Do what? I still have 5K properties out there for sale. I haven't had a chance to change them. Yeah, so, I mean, you can get in fairly cheap, um, and so, you know, it'll yeah. be fun. And I highly encourage, if you are a champion or a participant with another neighborhood, uh, I would welcome cell towers. I'm not I'm not scared. I want to beat, and, and my thing was, I want to beat people at their best. I don't want them to never throw scissors. Like, use all the tools available to you, because when somebody wins – 
there, I don't want there to be an asterisk. Like, well, if we use cell towers, we would have won. Well, then use cell towers. Win. Use all your tools, please, because I want to win against a full fighting army, not somebody with a hand tied behind their back. But that's just me. And there's differing opinions, and that's okay. And here in Ocean View, you have Thank Me Later leading with 160 properties, myself with 96, a Hodler with 45, Brett Gerber with 40, Capitalist with 31, USD Try with 26, Sunstar, uh, Dava 1337, and uh, KHART L602 rounded out the top 10. So that was something that I did want to talk about and I left out each time was the amount of minted properties in itself. Um, mm. So Ocean View has 2,200 properties and uh, Mercer Banner has just a thousand, or not just a thousand, but they have 1,032. Um, and then Panhandle has 856. Um and then Telegraph Hill has 496. Chinatown has 499. Oh, yep, that's the repeat. Um, and also interesting, and, and we don't have it, and I realized that as we were going through it, like, no, the up square for the area as well, because it'll be interesting. Like, Chinatown has some small properties, but it's also got a fair amount of big ones. Ocean View only had a couple. Big ones. It's got a ton of properties, but the size is fairly, excuse me, consistently small. I mean, that park that I own. Play a factor in ability to to build and get points. The park I own in Ocean View. I mean, I could put an apartment complex in it, and uh, nobody could really touch it because it's so big. Yeah, that's a yeah. So I mean, that's an interesting one. Well, we don't know the radius of these cell towers. That could really cause because I would say, like that in theory should be a completely safe place to build an apartment complex. And if that park isn't safe from cell towers, then it is going to be bedlam. Like because then cell towers are super super powerful. Um, I mean, they got five G out now. (laughs) <laughs> that 5g you gotta watch out for that 5g definitely gotta watch out for that 5g um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i mentioned that uh little hollywood had 435 um and then they have 303 in downtown union square so, I mean, this is where, to me, it gets interesting because I would love to know, like, if there wasn't this negative aspect, if one of these neighborhoods with over a 1,000 or two neighborhoods potentially with over 2,000 properties starts to run away with it. Now, granted, you know, that's been brought up a couple of times, like VV has the majority of its stake with a single user, but that doesn't mean that they can't entice. I mean, was it, when was it that it was like, talking about enticing it might have been the the ama the last ama around using uh like properties as rewards so say hey like i will sell you this at cost or even under cost if you promise to use your spud to build um you know a, a positive thing on it or something so i mean there's you know potentially some deals that could be done there but without a negative without like a a debuff element to to have that 
I don't see how the large neighborhoods wouldn't just like run away with, it. I think it's still going to be hard to catch up to some of these big neighborhoods. Um, curious what your thoughts are on that from like a gaming perspective on like other models that could have been used and how that might've played out for the community. I mean, some of the interesting aspects is if you forget to pull your property off the market and you built one of the style of houses on it, somebody else could swoop in and buy that property, demolish the house, or you could put cell towers up in these communities and put it for sale for like five or 10 or 15 X minting price. And then entice the people in the neighborhood like, we got to take out that cell tower. So, so now you're going to overpay for a property just to negate the cell tower. I mean, this is genius. I mean, for as yeah. much as people think that it's negative and it's harming relationships, I mean, for, from a game theory, from a mini game standpoint, from just how you can execute it, there's, there's a lot of interesting theories and strategies you can execute in this. I mean, you can really make some money off of your properties just to either get your building destroyed or get your cell tower destroyed. And, and it makes people really think as a community of what the best strategy is to move forward, to give you that advantage for making your neighborhood. One of the first, it, it's going to end up as bragging rights one year from now, people are going to say, Hey, I won the spud war. I got the spud trophy and it helped our neighborhood get to be the first neighborhood collection. I, I no doubt in my mind that these, uh, Panhandle was a weird one that just kind of came up, but the other eight neighborhoods, I know they're going to be solid communities. You're going to have a lot of property development, businesses running out of it. it it's going to be amazing in itself. So, Oh, definitely. So now it's interesting because, see, I am a wholesome gamer. <laughs> try like, So I like the fun. Now, when you start talking these crazy strats, and we've seen some of them come out, Actually, it was in the heist event, the curators and um, uh, thieves event. Some people started using some crazy game theory. And the things that you're talking about now, like, oh, well, essentially hold an apartment ransom, right? Somebody puts 100 spud hours in, builds an apartment, you build a cell tower next to it, and then you go, yeah, but I'll sell you this property for X amount of dollars, and then you can destroy it. Now, to me, that is a relationship damaging like like transaction like holy cow like you're just blackmailing people at that point like <laughs> it's it's an insane like i would have never thought of that um i would just go i'm trying to get the most points for my neighborhood i'm trying to make sure my neighborhood has the most points at the end and if i can cap out at a certain amount and then i have an opportunity to knock somebody else down some points uh, to even it out, then like, to me, like that, that I was just looking at it kind of vanilla, but then some of these strategies of like, Oh, well sell your building because then, you know, if they want to destroy it or sell your cell tower to destroy it, I was like, Holy cow. Like, man, that's a whole nother level. Because you're going to have people together for the neighborhood and you're always going to have people that are out for themselves. You're going to have everybody always pushing the rules, looking for that little place to bend. And, and this is one of them. I mean, this is, this is straight up of if you don't have the resources to put a lot of money in, 
but you do have properties in these neighborhoods, you could leverage these strategies just to help yourself better off in the upland game to acquire more properties. Because as we've always we've always had the theory that, you know, the amount of properties we currently have in a couple of years, it's not going to be common. Yeah. Well, and I think this has been brought up time and time again, and I think it's a really important element to this is this is a community, right? These are literally your neighbors. And so, you know, how you do this, and again, some of these tactics, like griefing, we were talking briefly about griefing. If I just constantly grief you and just build cell towers just out of spite next to everything that you have, just to grief you, like, I'm damaging that relationship. Like, if I'm just playing what I would consider, like, based on the fair rules, I'm playing paper, rock, scissor. Like, I'm not holding your fingers hostage. Like, oh, for 500,000 Upex, you can throw scissors next time. Like, like I'm not trying to hold you hostage. But, like, I, I think if I'm a newer player, the other thing I consider is, like, aligning with these champions. I mean, the, like you said, these are all going to be powerful – most of these will be powerful neighborhoods at some point. I mean, Dog Patch, VV, and Alamo Square are all contenders for, I think, becoming the first community collections um, in Upland. I, I really believe that they have a strong enough community and a dedicated enough uh, support structure to achieve that. Um, and some of the other, I'm not saying that there can't be some other ones because there's a lot of other great neighborhoods um, as well, but like those are top neighborhoods the ones that are in here are going to be top neighborhoods consistently. So also, you know, it's fair, consider your relationship, but you can't, I know that, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into the philosophical of like, you can't please everyone. Like somebody's going to win. This is a game with winners and losers. And honestly, there's nine losers and one winner. Um, And I hope that the, you know, it is the holiday season. I hope people have fun with it. And I hope, um, that it doesn't actually damage relationships. I hope that the relationships that people have inside this game are stronger than a mini game. Um, I hope it's a little chaotic and fun. And I hope that there's some sneaky new tactics that come out because honestly, it's so fun to watch of like, I would have never thought of some of these things and seeing them executed is going to be just a blast. And so I'll say now, whoever wins, my hat's off to you, even if it's Panhandle, like, nice to meet you, MG, like, the, the team that's putting that together, they're all super awesome players, and I wish them luck. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go pay a ridiculous amount of money for a property so I can build a cell tower next to an apartment there, because I will if I have to, but at the end of the day, like, really, a lot of a lot of respectable players, so... I just um, ask that you go out there and just not play rock, paper, scissors, only throwing rock and scissors. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. And by all means, you are more than welcome to play the game however you want. There's no judgment. Um, however, I, I do think, like, the flip side of that is, like, you shouldn't hold people, like, you shouldn't blame people for playing the game that's available to them. Like, if you don't want to use Tell Towers that's fine. That's a hundred percent your call. But yeah. like then being mad that somebody uses cell towers to me, like that's where I just go. That's borderline hypocritical of like using an element, not using an element. I'm not holding it against you, but that's uh, just my thoughts. And I know there's a, there's a lot of different thoughts in, in the community yeah. and that's what makes a plan great. So it's not just one thought process. So, 
You just got to utilize your tools available. And as we've already discussed, there's a lot of different things to consider. uh, And you, you're going to have people that will be out for themselves. They can, they can come into a neighborhood. Think about this. Even if you increased, say your baseline in your neighborhood was uh, 5k up X to get into the neighborhood with a secondary market property, you come in, you swoop it in at 5k. Now you put up a cell tower and now you're like, hey, for 15K, you can buy my property and destroy my cell tower. <laughs> There's going to be people like that. So if you're not taking yeah. your property off the market, it's you're going to have people that are not vested in your neighborhood and couldn't care less about you in this competition and are using it for a monetary game. That That's something that was missing and I, I thought was kind of weird from all the conversation. It was more focused around the negativity of the rules that were laid out in a mini game in a metaverse, but there's going to be more scrupulous people in there (laughs) coming in and taking advantage of the situation that, yeah, we just read off. You have the same players in the top 10 in all these neighborhoods. Uh, They're very common. They're not in every neighborhood, but they're very common, but we're not talking about the people that aren't on discord, the people that don't listen to the podcast, these people that are just, just in it for them. They're, they're not buying into the VV vision. They're not buying into the Alamo square vision. They're not into the dog patch culture. I, it's so there's a lot of wild cards out there that I'm going to be interested to see. Yeah, that's a really good point. And honestly, like hearing those kind of strategies makes me lean towards like, oh, well, and again, like that's any game. People are going to try to find a way to take advantage or, or monopolize it. And the thing is that, that there's like, this is why this metaverse is so interesting to me because it's not just this mini game. And so I've played enough of these and honestly, like, yes, I know. Okay. Maybe I took a hit on that Halloween thing because I thought it was funny. And, uh, you know, I've, I've played other competitions to win and you know what, like is it's, you can't look, you can't isolate the actions inside of a mini game. Everyone's right. This is a reputation. If you go out and you troll and you're aggressive with cell towers and you're increasingly negative, yes, you're going to damage reputations. And if you don't realize that, well, then that's kind of on you. But well, why um, give them a, the option? That's what I don't understand. It's fine. I don't have to understand. I'm a nobody. To help <laughs> one, but but why? But why? I don't understand it. Why? Well, how, you're not a nobody. Would, First off, you're on the UPX podcast, so you're definitely <laughs> a somebody. So you're not a nobody. But yeah. if, if it was just a straight build contest, you, you got to have there a way. You get, there, I, there's I, math. There's other strategic and competitive mechanics that could have been implemented. You know, I. I I liken it to, uh, like you said, poker earlier, right? Like, you know, it's very strategic and it's very competitive. It's because money is involved. There's no reason to add a, a feature that if you gain your neighbor's trust, you can steal a stack of their chips when they're not looking. Like that's, what are you that's, talking about? That is poker. Like, it's, called, it's called a bluff. It's called, it's a, called bluff. a bluff. What are you talking about? Like, oh, a cell tower is a bluff. Build an apartment here yeah. and then you build an. Uh, a, a bluff that, is like, part of the strategy, uh, taking directly taking something to lessen the others 
monetary investment or value is is not the same and that's how whether that's true or not that's how it's being perceived by the community based yeah. on comments that were previously made so, so that might have been not been the best analogy but that's yeah, yeah. do, so do you play parker t davis I like the most is from uh am i new and it's it's mario kart and the cell towers are like turtle shells or any other things that you can pick up to impact. If everyone just raced without any items on and you just did a normal race, that's one thing. The game literally says, here's a turtle shell. Now, if you race and you go, I don't want to ruin my opponent. I can see them going into a corner. I'm going to let them go into a corner and not use my turtle shell. And you lose. Like, you're not on a higher horse. You have a turtle shell. Use the turtle shell. Like, it's not like that's the game. And if people get mad because you're just using it as normal now if you're griefing somebody they're in eighth place and you're just sitting there throwing green turtle shells at them for no reason like that's a different <laughs> like then you're just you're, you're just a like a negative person like you're just a troll like so you can take a seemingly simple element and game it to being a troll but like with it just being like a build like it's I think it's fascinating and it's, it's really, I'm surprised. And I think that that's probably why I get so passionate and defensive. I'm really surprised that there is this other side that are people are like, Oh, I, and it's, it's fascinating. And I'm really grateful. Honestly, I am grateful to T Davis and others that have spoken up and shared their truth on like how they feel about it. Cause this is important. It's just, I guess it's kind of shocking to me to kind of see, and it's happened several times in Upland because we have such a diverse, like baseline of people that are coming at this metaverse with different ideas and different, you know, styles and motivations. Uh, so thank you. And you're not a nobody T Davis. You're, you're good. No, no. Thank you. Do thank you play you. poker T Davis? Uh, you know what? I'm going to, I signed up for a, a shameless plug Nitrin's thing uh, on Christmas. Um, and uh, Chica 86, my girlfriend is a uh, somewhat of a poker shark herself Ooh. but uh i know how to play i um, was born and raised in south jersey and spent a lot of my adult life in the uh casinos in atlantic city taj mahal and whatnot so yeah you're you know how to play poker if you're from that area so so when you bluff what kind of cards are you holding in your hand uh two seven offsuit or uh something similar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now there there's a lot of different strategies that you can use with these cell towers. You can go out on the offensive and say, every neighborhood I am cell tower, cell tower, cell tower, cell tower. And then as it gets a little more closer to the end, you can pull all the cell towers, be like, haha, just messing with you. I'm bluffing. Or you can wait till the end. You know, it, it's like the it's like the check raise. You can think of the cell towers. Right. You can also use the check raise strategy here with the mm. cell towers. You know, you're watching people people do it, and and then you're doing nothing. You might put a property. You could even build a building, and everybody's like, "Yeah, more buildings, more points." And then you can destroy your building and put up a cell tower. That's like a check raise move right there. There are so many it's such a waste of spud. You're terrible. I don't want to be your partner anymore. Your strategies are horrible. These are so like that's such a useless waste of spud. No, you you could build you could build a ranch, destroy the ranch, and build, because they're uh, a ranch and a cell tower is the same amount of money or now same amount of spud. spud. If you you wasted twenty hours of development to build a ranch to troll somebody, like you're, that's terrible. It's literally a waste. 
Depends so on the strategy. I, I'm just throwing out all the very strategy. See, yeah. But like that's, I'm like, I hear that. And it just makes me want to like scream. Cause it's like, you need to know exactly every hour. Like I'm going to have timer set. I'm going to know the buildings. I'm going to have backup plans, but that's I'm a troll have... move. That's all it is. That's a troll move. I'm not saying I'm implementing oh, that yeah, strategy. Yeah, it's fair. a, it's that's a troll fair. move. That, a troll move. <laughs> that would be a super troll move to be like, Hey, I built this thing and now you're two points ahead. And then you're actually a spy for VV and then you destroy it. And then you, build and then you take out like, like another, like mid sized building and knock off like 20, 20 points from them yeah you like oh yeah you could like invade and be like oh yeah we're gonna build this safe little community and we're gonna build all our houses around each other so that way you're safe and then like the last day you're like psych i'm a spy you blow up your building and build a cell tower and negate everybody around you <gasps> what suicide builder that's crazy <laughs> there's so many strategies and i mean and so many techniques you can relate it to different game theories you can relate it to poker you can replay you can relate it to a lot of online games itself and it's just being able to utilize and maximize the tools that are available to you and, and you know somebody's going to come up with something that we haven't even discussed here on this podcast as a strategy and you will be like wow there are some really crafty people and that's the thing it's like I don't know. I guess I appreciate craftiness, even if it ends up screwing me. Like, it, even if you beat me because you you employ some genius tactic that I hadn't thought of, like, I I love it. Like, I look forward to it. It happened in the, honestly, Hilton and team did some really cool stuff during the, the curators and robbers stuff that I was just like, wait, what? I didn't even think of that. Like they were doing some next level um, strategies and uh, it's really cool. So I hope, I hope everyone comes guns a blazing, but I hope at the end of the day, you know, we are able to all realize, Hey, we're, we're all putting money into the same uh, metaverse and we're all looking, you know, to get, you know, value and to build this community in a positive way. So yes, agreed. And it's a, this is a mini event. This is a mini game. Uh, it'll be forgotten. Like, that's the thing is like, the, I wish I know, you were already. I know that there's, <laughs> you know, several, you know, people that like, I go, were you here during Easter during the inaugural stuff? Like there's been so many events. Like, Oh man, I, that this, Easter was bad because people weren't clear <sighs> that you had to go all the way over. You had to hit the center of the property to spur oh, anything. Dude, and it was and, a mess. Oh, even Kitty Island. Dude, that there's a reason that fourth kitty eye. Oh yeah, was that was a hot blocked. mess. That was like, guys, this is going to be a thing of the past in you know two or three months. It's going to be you have a cool spud trophy, which is super cool. I I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it in the game. But can't wait to see it in Ocean View. <laughs> right on that park, right in the middle of the city. Chica says she will make up her choice of loving or hating the cell towers after watching the event. That's fair. Because again, it's how people use it. You can grief and be a troll. And honestly, the same thing could be said, even if it was just a build event. So imagine, imagine we didn't have cell towers. Some of these griefing techniques where you build a bunch of properties and you're like, Oh yeah. And then that causes maybe some people to back off or not go as aggressive. And then the last day you just destroy all of your properties. Like 
okay, that's, there's no negative element to that guarantee that would happen without cell towers. Like, because people like, that's the strategies. Like that's how you, you get people to think that they're ahead. And then the last 20 minutes of any event, go watch all these strategies kick into play these backroom deals where somebody's like, Hey, if you blow up all your buildings, I'll give you five properties here on the winning team. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, all right, I'm going to stop building buildings. And then all of a sudden at the end, you start blowing up buildings. It's like an influx, yeah. like, Hey, this team has the lead and eh, now let's just uh, do it this way. Yeah. Not if they convert half the people, half the residents to uh, another community by bribing them with properties, not giving uh VV any thoughts <laughs> given the amount of uh, ammunition that they would have for that. Um, but I mean, that's all part of the, the game theory of this mini game. And I think VV is going to be very, I, there's a, there's a, TM just owns a lot of property to he's not going to have enough spuds. So hopefully he's able to recruit people in to develop some of his property for this challenge. That's my concern for VV there is TM just has too much property at the moment and that will challenge their successfulness in this competition. Yeah, but he also gives that gives him a buffer though cuz like It does. Like given the space like I mean he can safely build Oh yeah. In a lot of places. And like, he's probably got enough people that he trusts to like come into that inner circle and like go, okay, we're going to build a moat of, you know, a buffer, your cell tower. I don't care. Build your fucking cell tower. You're going to get minus one point because you're not going to come close to any of our properties. Yeah. Right. Like, so he can do that buffer. And I, I mean, and it's the same strategy that, uh, Kenny should take there in Alamo Square is just based off of your spud, just go ahead and generate as many buildings on your property since you own so many with a buffer. Go ahead and get your small townhouse. Go ahead and get your uh, small ranch house. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, kudos to the champions who are stepping up because, I mean, that's the other thing. Um, I don't know where Dogpatch stands right now because there was like – they weren't even going to compete or something. I, I really hope he does. Cause I was looking for some big things at a niche run. So was I team. Like, I really, I really hope that they, that they actually come in swinging. Cause I could see them easily in the top three. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, you know, obviously VV's in high gear panhandle's got a whole probably secret mole society of, uh, you know, inside stuff happening. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Chinatown, Kent's been trying to recruit, can't reach out. Uh, you know, he's, he's trying to put together a team. Um, we've seen, you know, other activity in little Hollywood and, in Telegraph Hill. I, I mean, I think we know who some of these top contenders like predictions. Let me just go, let's just bite the bullet. What, who, who's our top three, who's making it to the final three? Well, it depends if you get ocean view. Um, feel free to type in chat too. So let's, we'll go with the assumption. I get ocean view, I guess. And, uh, I mean that, that, that's really tough because, and that's another strategy that we talked about. We named some of the same names throughout a lot of communities. You don't even build a thing. You don't even contribute to these other communities. So that, that makes it a struggle. Um. Yeah, 
And again, you get two X spuds, so like you could potentially leverage that significant to significantly damage other neighborhoods, which will be interesting. Like if a neighborhood feels like they don't have a chance, but say their champion is number, you know, has a dozen properties in another neighborhood, right? So there's just like second level of loyalty of like, okay, well, I know my primary isn't going to win, but my secondary is over here. And so I need to make sure they make it to the top three and then win. Ocean butter, butter, my boy, my boy, <laughs> butters, ocean number one, Alamo, Alamo doesn't make it to final three. I'm sorry. Kenny, Kenny hasn't even contacted us, man. I'm sorry. No, I he love he did Square. jump in today. He did jump did in he? today. Okay. Yep. Like, and let me be very clear. I'm still going to build my primary residence in Alamo Square. Alamo Square is going to be one of the most developed and quickest built communities. Once property, like full property development builds out. I have no doubt about any of that. I just don't think that they have the coordination or I don't want to say willpower. It's just, it's not there. They don't have the leadership, the leadership or that drive. Like there's not, there's not enough people at the top that have that. Like for as much as TM and I will butt heads, he's got fire. He has a vision. He's going to drive and execute it. Like, they're going to make it to the top three. If VV doesn't make it to the top three, I will be absolutely shocked. So, I mean, for me, it's VV, Panhandle, Ocean, top three. Like, who wins? Anybody's game. But I'd be shocked if that wasn't the, the final three. Sorry, Alamo. I love you. <laughs> Recurrier, gauntlet thrown. I don't think VV makes it. Wow. I would have agreed with TML's picks. Uh, those were likely my picks a couple hours what? ago, and Ooh. I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't what? know. I think I think that it's anybody's. I think Panhandle will be there. I would believe in any neighborhood that TML or Too Stupid back if they were to win would be there, and then I feel like the third one is. Uh, anybody's anybody's game man uh you know little hollywood could do it vv could do it um who you know who knows chinatown that could be creeping up in the background and we don't even know it right well, i know that yeah. i know that ken's been fucking oh, sorry ken's been active um ken's been the super active yeah he's been buying and he's been He's yeah, he looks like he's into this. So and Kent has Kent has a, a shadow following. He's a he's a super OG. Him and his crew have some of the best game theory, um, I think, in the game. So that's fair. Um, because the other thing that could happen is you know Panhandle, VV, and Ocean could all be fighting each other, and then all of a sudden, because they are notorious for having some next-level plans, and then all of a sudden, boom, Chinatown is there um, in top three. And then I think everyone has to re-strategize for round two at that point of like, oh, crap, because who of the who gets knocked out, and then how do you realign? It's going to be fascinating. What I've seen on the map, Union has the opportunity – to if it's based on parcel size, has probably the largest sized lots out of all of the chosen neighborhoods. So they could be a sleeper. Also, it just I guess it just depends on what that what that cell tower radius is. And the, uh, they got a lot of 
big yeah. sized properties, but how much sput are they going to have? What's right. the radius of the cell tower? The, those are the variables there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because Kent and his crew are like mostly founders. Like they're mostly people that have been in the game for over a year. So I think it's a high likelihood that there will be some component of how long you've been in the game to how much spud you get. I don't think that'll be the entire of it. Cause I think it'll also be based on your, um, your net likely, but like that could be a huge factor. Cause those guys, if they got a ton of spud, that gives them a lot of flexibility on how to play it. And they have, some pretty deep pockets to do some of these buy, sell, trade shenanigans that you're mentioning. So, yeah, I'm excited. Again, man, I really just hope everyone enjoys it. I think there'll be there is going to be some hurt feelings. There's going to be some shenanigans for sure. But there, there shouldn't be hurt feelings. It's a competition in a mini not. game I really with hope that everyone can come out of this and just be like, damn, that was really fun, and we got to see this property development. Um, and just are excited about it. And as I said before, all 10 of these neighborhoods, I at least I know for sure four to five of these neighborhoods in this competition are going to be very successful in the game. So it it's not going to have, I mean, getting a, getting the bragging rights, getting the statue. Awesome. But really 10 houses in the neighborhood towards the property development, towards the collection, kind of minuscule in the big scheme of things but we've already increased the property value of these neighborhoods we've already increased the baseline of these neighborhoods to buy into it so your long-term effects are already benefiting from it so play by the rules yeah. think of the game theory just don't be the person that's throwing a rock and scissors every time you know get that paper in there mix I it mean, up honestly i mean if you're just gonna throw out rock and i'm I'm okay. Feel free. Please feel free to not build towers. <laughs> as long as you're, you know, unless you're ocean view, Oh, I'm encouraging all ocean view players to throw out towers. And please, if you're, if you're hesitant to throw out towers, feel free to throw them on ocean view. Um, but, you know, if you're not going to throw towers, I'll take the advantage. I'll take any advantage I can get. I want that trophy. Yeah. You're, you're just giving other players plus EV and you're, you're creating negative EV for, for your community there. It, it's part of the strategy. It's temporary. They're all going to be destroyed and uh, we'll forget about it in three months and Upland will probably screw something else up that we'll oh, be all enraged about. So true. Come on. We have at least two more major scrubs before the end of the year. And that's like, in, that's only a month. It's not even a month. <laughs> It's it's like three weeks. Yeah, come on. And amazingly, we cut two podcasts tonight, and we're like at two and a half hours to, to the whole time. This this is the big. I mean, this is huge. It is. This is so huge. It you is. Cannot, like this is what we've been waiting for. Is something like this? Like this takes it from just a property, like you know trading nft to like a competition like buildings and property development this whole new staking system with spud which is going to be so cool um to mimic spark like this is it this is like the beginning of some really cool stuff so i think it's worth it absolutely all right um Man, tomorrow's going to be rough for me. <laughs> it is, but it's worth it for you guys. It's worth it uh, oh. talking about these things for the community and uh, continuing to build and uh, expanding the Upland metaverse. Uh, T. Davis, you got anything else for us tonight? Uh, this was great. I'm glad we uh, 
did these two episodes of the podcast. I'm not glad that we did anything before that, but uh, <laughs> I can't wait till the next two episodes and then uh, and then Christmas, fan, or holidays, yeah. whatever's the PC thing. I don't want to trailer. We just call it's it a new uh, trailer folk. Trailer Eve. <laughs> just call it Trailer Eve now. <laughs> Married trailer miss. Oh Jesus! Too soon. All right, I'm I'm out, guys. Thank you so right. much. Thanks. And don't Steve. forget, T. Davis. You are somebody. You are somebody. Okay. You mean something to us. My, uh, my whiteboard here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank me later. What you got? Anything else for us before we end this? No. This is. I hope people realize it's a mini game. I'm looking forward to some fun, lively competition and strategy and. Just know nothing I do in this game for this mini game is personal. It's to best, you know, help the neighborhood that I'm trying to support, whether it's Ocean View or um, another one, if that doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, tweet, retweet, anything about this podcast and share with your friends. Uh, this is the, uh, what is going on for each week? Uh, the Upland Action News did, did do an awesome job by going daily. I, I, I wish I had the time like that to go daily like uh, Left House does, but uh, he did join us on the live tonight. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, Mars and Upland's uh, Christmas Coast to Coast on December 18th. That's going to be one fun experience. Um, you're going to get on a train just to turn around to get back on a train to get onto a plane. <laughs> video, video. Go check out that video. If you do nothing else after this podcast, go check out that Definitely. video. Definitely. And I love that they're going to do something at the Apollo address. Love it. So cool. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Hopefully everybody's safe and fun and don't get too worked up about the stuff. Spud Neighborhood War. It's going to be fun. Enjoy it. It's a mini game. It's good. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking, I'm Scrooge McDuckin'.